Welcome to the fifth episode of the Feel Fast Podcast. As always, I'm Asher Miller, and today we have another great guest. He's a Indiana Pacers beat writer at the Indianapolis Star, and he is currently up in Indiana at the All-Star Game, Mr. Dustin Dopirak. How are you? Doing well, Asher. Thanks so much for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. We have a great episode coming up. We got a deep dive on what it's like down at the All-Star Game, and we'll talk some Tyrese Halliburton as well. That being said, sit back, relax, and welcome down in the field. What is it like at the All-Star Game this year? I know, like, Saturday night or the game hasn't happened yet, but so far, how crazy is it down up there? Well, it's pretty wild. It's also wild because it's snowing, uh, mm-hmm. and it's been just a mess running around outside. But, I mean, I think you, you – I mean, I've never covered one of these before. You know, this is new, and obviously it comes to our city, and so it's – I mean, uh, it's nice to be able to cover it when you can go home rather than being in a hotel and whatnot. But uh, there's just so much going on. I mean, there's so many different events that you're asked, hey, can you come to this? Can you look check out this thing? Hey, this person's going to be available uh, to talk there, and just the – the calendar fills up so fast in terms of stuff that you've got to do. So, I mean, Thursday night, uh, I got in from Toronto on, on you know, Thursday afternoon. Obviously, the Pacers played the Raptors uh, up there on Wednesday, flew in, and we immediately had availability with the guys from TNT. Uh, you know, Shaquille O'Neal, Charles Barkley, Kenny Smith, those three guys were kind of having a uh, media session before they went on and did their, you know, NBA tip-off. They did that live from the convention center last night, uh, and they were great. I mean, they were, they were amazing just how willing they were to kind of engage with all kinds of topics. You know, obviously asked about the Pacers a little bit, what they thought about, uh, you know, where they stand, what they need, you know, where, where they need to go. And they were uh, really insightful, even though I, I noted in the in the story that the Pacers don't play on TNT very often. I mean, you have yeah. to work hard to find the Pacers on television. you got to have your league pass uh, if you're anywhere else but Indianapolis. And even if you have Indianapolis, you have issues, issues with Bally and streaming and everything. Um, but, I mean, they were terrific, and it was just wild to say, like, I'm sitting, you know, when you're standing next to Shaquille O'Neal, you're like, you know how big he is, you're aware of this, but actually just being in his presence, you're like, that that is a giant human. Uh, and Charles was funny, and Charles was who he normally is, and, you know, also, they weren't on TV, so they could swear as much as they wanted to, which they did. Uh, but it was it was definitely entertaining, and so we got to watch them after, uh, you know, got to go check out the beginning of the show before I went back to write. That was a lot of fun. This morning was uh, Rising Stars practice, so we got to catch up uh, with some of those guys, the Pacers have two guys in there, Benedict Mathen, Mathen and Oscar Shibway. Oscar is one of the G League guys uh, that got picked for this. Uh, so that's kind of what was going on there. Um, I went to uh, Rich Paul, you know, LeBron's agent was doing a event um, kind of in the middle of the city, uh, basically at this clothing, uh, not clothing, basically kind of like urban outfitter, not, not urban outfitter, but like, you know, Footlocker-ish kind of store, I guess is the best way to call it. It's called Hang Time. And he was talking to a lot of high school kids from Ben Davis High School's local. So I got to see kind of him tell his story. And then we came back and we just talked to Reggie Miller uh, a little bit ago. He was doing a press conference. So these things just stack up and there's one right after another. Um, but the city embraces these kinds of things. Indianapolis is really good at, at handling these kinds of events. Hasn't had an All-Star game since 1985, but since then it's had a Super Bowl. It obviously, uh, it's had several Final Fours, including the one year that it had uh, the entire tournament for COVID. They, they put everything in Indiana for that. Um, so it's used to this, uh, it's a little different, um, but you know, just all kinds of stuff going on between, you know, the arenas they're using Lucas oil, uh, you know, the convention center is close. You know, that's the good thing about India has got everything within a short walking distance. Um, but there's a lot going on, but it's also snowing and nobody wants to be outside right now. So yeah. that's trying to capture all of that. I mean, sounds like a lot of fun up there, but this is going to lead me into my second question. Other than the TNT guys that you just mentioned, have you spoken to any other players yet? 
like rising stars or anything? Not since the rising, like I said, it's mostly been Pacers guys. I mean, it was just kind of around for everything else. We're kind of bouncing around our, you know, they're helping me out with other guys. Jaden Ivy uh, is a local, you know, product, local ish. I mean, he's from Indiana, he's from northern part of the state. Um, I guess, I mean, he spent some time in Indy because his dad, her, his dad, his mom, her, his mom played for the Fever and coaches Notre Dame now. Um, so he, he's kind of a local product. And so we had uh, another one of our reporters talking to him. Um, haven't seen the big guys yet. And obviously the Saturday is really when they bring uh, the the whole All-Stars. That's when they have their full media availability, when it's mm -hmm. you know, they have practice and they have, you know, kind of breakout sessions for those guys. Like I said, today was the Rising Stars, so it was the first and second year guys. Um, and I focus mostly on Pacers today. Uh, but obviously I've talked to Ty Reese bunch leading up to this uh and what this is going to be like for him and i i mean i'm just amazed that his schedule is crazy just absolutely wild all the stuff they have him doing and and for good reason i think you know they, he has to take advantage of this you know this is yeah. a, a part where he's really on the biggest stage and he's the guy um and you know i think uh he is just kind of taking it saying yes to get basically everything he's got. I know he's tired um because he's been dealing with his hamstring, you know, restriction and everything like that. Um, but he's been all over the place. But he you, you could tell that the guys were excited leading into it for sure. Yeah, I mean, I love watching Tyrus Halburn play. He's one of my favorite players to watch throughout the whole <laughs> NBA. And that's gonna lead to this next question. What is it like watching not only Tyrese, but the whole Pacers this year as a whole? Because <laughs> I think they're pretty fun to watch this year as is. Yeah, no, they're a blast. They, they really are. Um, and I mean, covering Tyrese is fun because he's just, um, you know, his style of play and his personality are very similar in the sense that he really does enjoy seeing other people succeed. You know, I think that's one thing that like you kind of have to have that. Like he doesn't no no part of him is thinking man i got to get so many points tonight or I, i've got to hit this many shots i mean he he takes the responsibility of feeling like okay late in the game i'm the guy who should be taking the shot or at least i should have the ball in my hand and making the decision but he you know he, he really with his team is like he thoroughly enjoys you could tell just anytime someone succeeds like tyrese is the guy that is up and jumping around and especially when he's had to miss games uh for injury and whatnot i mean like he you see him on the bench as much as he's not enjoying being on the bench when somebody does something he is lit up um and so that creates this entire Entire ethos of how they operate um that makes them a lot of fun because they they the ball moves so fast so quick um and it doesn't stick you know i mean and 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 that leads to easy shots because i mean just they are just truly as selfless of a team of as an nba basketball team as you can imagine one being I mean that's why they lead the league in assists I and mean, they're probably up there in total passes um because they're you know they really want to see each other do well and they are really out to get the best shot they can it really starts with tyrese being a superstar who plays that way I and mean, he really wants to prove to anyone who comes here like hey you're gonna get the ball i'm gonna get you the ball you know i'm gonna find the open man and even you know we talked to Shaq about him last night he says he always makes the right play um he said you know there's some guys who even when they're superstars they want at least six or seven minutes where they're the guy and he says he never does that you the more that you watch him the more you see he is always making the right play again you know he'll take his step back threes um and that kind of thing and you know like his you know like late game isos you know and stuff like that um but he's just really good at most of the time really really good at moving the ball pushing the pace pushing tempo they spread the floor out uh and so that's been entertaining it's, it's been fun to watch him grow you know take other steps I mean, he, he he's gone through stretches where he's hit kind of some walls where whether it's you know whether he's seen where double teams or having to figure out you know that, that's a big thing he had to really figure out this year is, is they really started blitzing him a lot you know really yeah. started doing a lot of doubles on the ball, you know, just really bringing two guys together whenever you call for a ball screen. And he had to figure out, okay, what do I do? You know, how do I get freed up from this? Because this is killing me. And, you know, just got used to playing off the ball a little bit, you know, and then they'll run 
two point guards together and Andrew Nemhard and TJ McConnell give them the opportunity to do that where they can bring the ball up or even now they got Pascal Siakam, he can bring the ball up. Um, and, you know, they have those kind of options that he doesn't have to, you know, he can run around, you know, off the ball a little bit and free himself up from some shots as much as he does bring the ball up still. So seeing him grow through that um, has been cool. It's, it's, it's always cool I think, to see players when they figure out that there has to be another step, you know, because because yeah. guys will have success and then then you'll they'll, you'll adjust. You know, teams will adjust, defenses will adjust, and and then you have to figure it out. And that's across all sports, baseballs like that too, where you know you start getting pitched a different way, and you have to figure out, okay, you know, they're going to throw me more breaking pitches now. How do I how do I handle that? Um, and Halliburton's had to do that a couple of times, and so it's been impressive to watch him grow through that, become a bigger and bigger star, and then have a sense of what that means on and off the field. It's been really just sort of cool to see that development. I mean, yeah, I watched I watched Halliburton in that Knicks game where he threw it off the backboard, caught mm-hmm. it in the air, passed, passed it for a three. I mean, that was one of the most incredible plays I've seen all year long. Now, I'm a Sixers fan. Okay. Do you think they lost a big piece by getting rid of Buddy Hewitt? Yeah, I do. I think Buddy, I I mean, it, it works out nice for Buddy um, because, you know, I, I think obviously the Sixers needed offensive talent immediately, needed somebody that could take, um, uh, you know, pressure off of Tyrese Maxey with, with him being out, you know, that was a desperate necessity. And for Buddy's standpoint, you know, I, I, there, it's been reported. One of our guys reported it, um, has a source saying that, that Buddy asked for the trade ultimately. Um, and I get that. And I get why, you know, he would again, because I think you see see that opportunity and in, in first couple of games when I mean, he's taking 20 shots a night. So I get it. And he wasn't getting that uh, with the Pacers because, again, the ball was moving so much. And, and his job was basically like if you're open, shoot it, but otherwise move the ball. Um, and so I think Buddy's looking at it and saying, I've got more that I can do. And not only that, I've got to do more for my next paycheck you know, for the next contract, um, you know, because his, his, you know, contract ex- expiring. So there's a lot of, you know, money reasons for this. And I, I think the Pacers thought that they could resign him um, or that it would be worth it. And, you know, they, they'd made an offer. And obviously I don't think it, he wasn't uh, accepting of that. So there's there's reasons why I get it. But for this team in itself, I think they're, you know, sizably worse. Uh, that, that, I, I don't think they're going to free fall because of it. Um, but I do think it's a sizable loss because I, mean, I think he – he was his sh- shooting was down this year. I think from you know before the trade, he had gone from the forty two point five last season when he was one of the best shooters in the league um, by both percentage and total makes. And this year was down to thirty eight point four. I mean he was, he was missing more and, and stuff. And you know they've got so many offensive options. So it's like if he's not going to shoot, you know if he's not going to make the shots, you're like okay, he's almost a drag to have out there. But he creates so much gravity. I think, um, you know, we have another writer on the beat named Caitlin Cooper, um, who is just phenomenal at understanding X's and O's. And I think she, she played high level dad was a coach and she draws this up and you can see just how much, uh, just people don't leave him. You know, people don't leave buddy. If, if, if you're, if you're a defending buddy, you can't step off of him because he's yeah. going to burn you. And so that really allowed Tyrese Halliburton to have a lot of options in the middle of the floor. You know, when they'd run pick and roll with him and Miles Turner, um, there was just a lot of space for him to operate because whoever's on Buddy can't leave. He can't hedge. He can't, you know, he, he can't cheat. Uh, and so when you have that, you know, it just spaces the floor and that allowed them to do so many other things. And, you know, while I think Doug McDermott was at least a good, you know, kind of stopgap pickup, it was important for them to get somebody. Uh, he's not Buddy. You know, I mean, and McDermott's made a couple shots and he's he's certainly you know made a lot in his career, but like I mean, he's made they're about the same age and Doug has made half as many threes. Right. Like right around half. That tells you what you need to know. I mean, Buddy, Buddy is just really, I mean, he's really high volume, obviously, and you got to get used to the idea that he's gonna chuck it from time to time. Um, but it goes in enough 
that, you know, it makes a difference, you know, the buckets themselves, but just the requirement of you have to defend that guy. And no matter how bad you want to get in Tyrese Maxey's way, you know, you can't leave your guy. So it's got to be somebody else. Um, and if, so if they run anything to your side, you know, there's going to be, that guy is going to be taken away. You know, he has to stay where he is. So no, I, I think, I think it's, a, I think it's a big deal. It's a big deal from a personality standpoint, you know, biased. I buddies with my favorite guys to cover. He's just a super nice complete goofball um but entertaining i've already seen a couple of the the inquirer reporters up here uh and said told them you know to send my regards to buddy because i miss him already um and so yeah it's i i I do think it's a significant loss um i don't know you know when it's going to burn them but it will uh i I don't know how much it's going to burn them but there are going to be times where indiana pace the the pacers this season are going to say man i wish really wish we had buddy healed right now yeah I mean, I think Buddy so far in Philly is a great fit. Of yep. Take a lot of weight off Tyrese's shoulders and Tobias as mm-hmm. well. And I'm very happy for Buddy. He's averaging 20 for the first couple of games. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. And that's going to lead into this next question. How, I mean, we kind of mentioned this before, but how excited are you for Tyrese Halliburton to get his second All-Star appearance? It, it's going to be cool to see. It, it, the whole thing is going to be cool to see. The, cool, the whole thing has been cool to see so far. Again, like he's he's built for this. Too, yeah. from a personality standpoint um he's just he's just really good with people and he's just really good at being able to maintain a kind of down-the-earth air about him even when being elevated um and that's hard to do um but he's so like he he's so good at um you know just engaging with people I mean, like i you know see him on the road and he'll like get into conversations with football with clubhouse guys you know they'll be like we were in, i remember we were in cleveland um and you know he got in there and he was like hey what do you guys think of deshaun watson you know like he was just asking the clubhouse guys and he's just he's just always like that he's just whoever he meets he's good with and so this is i mean he's just gonna shake so many hands and pat so many backs and he's very good at being able to do that and kevin pritchard points this out they're president of basketball operations that he can do that with the janitor but he can do that with an executive of a company he can do that with lebron he can do that you know with a congressman you know whoever he's around he can make it feel like a normal interaction mm-hmm. and so he's gonna have so many of those for this but he's he's just really well built for this and so he is taking this next step and i think being respected more and more among kind of the the, the brotherhood if you will of you know nba stars i mean you kind of have to earn your way in that um and you can get you get the sense that the, the guys see him as one of them now you know, that, that he's viewed that way um, as somebody who belongs in all those conversations. Um, and so he's, this is going to be a step in that direction. I mean, who knows or cares what happens in the game itself, uh, but just the uh, the fact that he's going to be, just the spotlight is going to shine so bright on him for the next couple of days. Um, and I think a lot of people see it as deserved, you know, I mean, like he's uh, like, every, he's the guy that everybody's asking questions about. And so, you know, like, um, it definitely he's he's just built built to be in this moment and i think it's really going to project him and, and and launch him a little bit i think the in-season tournament already did that yeah. so there are a lot of people who didn't know what he was all about before that um and i think he took a big step on that stage it, on some level he could take a bigger state step on this one obviously you know this is more spectacle he's got to do it in a playoff series you know right. uh, to get to really hit that next uh you know rung there but you know this is still a step in the in in that kind of way of just having the spotlight on you mm-hmm. yeah i mean i like i said i love watching tires halberd play i think the pacers of the whole i think they're they're pretty good at they're six right now i believe and six they got a half game lead on orlando and miami so yeah. it's a tenuous there for that last playing spot 
Yeah, so, like, I think they're in a good position right now. You know, after the All-Star break, I think they can really, you know, get it to next level. And you saw in the in-season tournament, they can really flip a switch like that and become a really, really good team. And I'm very excited to see what they can do. In the coming yeah, they, they want it. I mean, they got to defend. They got to guard a little bit better than they have. They yeah. still have to um, fully integrate Pascal Siakam. I mean, like, obviously, he's played really well. And, and getting him the ball is not the issue, but it's really just getting the whole thing to work around him. Yeah. Uh, and I don't, they're not quite there yet. Like, they just functioned a different way without him, and they've got to figure out what the best way is to function with him. Um, and it's it's getting used to saying, okay, this guy has to get the ball. Have somebody on the team that you have to get the ball to with Halliburton. He was moving it all the time, and, you know, whoever else was out, like, nobody was a priority. You know, I think that's 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 definitely what's different is Pasco has to be a priority. It's not they have to run anything for him, but he's got to be allowed to get his own shot. He's got to be allowed to attack on his own, allowed to back somebody down, you know, allowed to take somebody in ISO rather than just get it. And if you have it, shoot it. And if you don't move it, um, you know, he's got to be given more opportunity. And that does slow things down a little, um, but he's too good not to, you know, and you need a second, you do need a, a true second scoring option. So they just had to get used to playing with a true second scoring option. Um, and they're getting there. I think. Yeah. I mean, even like some of the games I've watched that team moves very, very, very fast. And I think it's like, I'm not going to say it's hard for everybody to keep up. And I mean, Siakam has been here. For I can't. A- yeah. I mean, I, I can't keep up sometimes. Sometimes I, I tweet about something that happened and I, I, I'm still typing and then I look up and they've already scored again. Yeah. What did I miss? You know, uh, it's too, it, it is sometimes way too fast. I mean, they're just, it's not way too fast. I mean, it's, it's, it's good that they're like that, but it's truly, I mean, you almost, you almost can't keep up because, you know, Tyrese is constantly looking down floor. I mean, he gets the ball in his hand, you know, they break off of makes, you know, like, I mean, a a team makes a shot and, and like Tyrese, like, Hey, hey, hey," you know, like, I mean, like they, they get into it with the refs. Like you'll, you'll see them getting like frustrated because they didn't get the ball fast enough. They're just like, Hey, ball, we want the ball, we want the ball. And they'll break, they'll break you. If you're celebrating too, too much, they will run it right back at you. You know, they'll try to, you know, there's a dead ball. If there's a turnover, they want to go right now. Uh, And so it's, it is fun to watch just the quickness to the operation. They're like, okay, come on, come on, come on, come on, give me the ball. Let's go. Um, But yeah, it's, it is. It is a fun brand of basketball to watch. Do you like the East versus West format, or do you like the drafting of the teams better? I think this is going to be better. I think Reggie Miller just made a really good case for it of saying, like, if you set this up for years and push it, you know, like they really wanted, he, he said, we really wanted to embarrass the West. He's like, we really did. Now it's different than, you know, like free agency wasn't what it is now. You know, obviously some of those guys stayed at the, at the same place their whole careers. You know, there's, and I think the brotherhood of the league is closer now. Um, and so for the most part, that's better. I mean, and frankly, you know, to me, it's more important for the game that you go out and win the Olympics than it is that the all-star game is a good show, you know, in terms of like when you're talking about it being on a national stage, um, it's way more important that they go to Paris and bust people up. And so it's good in that case to have um, camaraderie among the guys from the country, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So, uh, because I think people talk about that, there's like that that these guys are way too close to friends now. So they don't really care that much when it comes to an event like this. And that's probably true. Um, But I wouldn't trade that for this you know like I, I wouldn't trade them being able to go to paris and guys like curry and durant and lebron really you know playing together well you'd rather have that than uh have a scenario where they're not friends and they come here and they oh the all-star game's nasty but you can't get an olympic team that wins 
you know, and so I, I, I think they're better off with that. Um, but East West, I think gives you a chance, you know, gives you a chance. The draft was fun by itself, like watching them draft, yeah. I think because you, um, I think it played into the whole concept of the player empowerment now, uh, of the fact that these guys are really the ones who are pulling the strings, uh, more than anybody else and, and trying to get teams set up so they can win rather it being owners or agents or whatever. It's these guys themselves that are shaping the league. Um, and so it was cool to watch them, make decisions about how they would build a roster like watching lebron and either durant or Giannis, uh it was entertaining I and mean, it really was um but then when you play the game just you just didn't see the juice there you know at all and so uh i think there has a chance to be a little bit more with more of this um you know they just got to put on some kind of show they yeah. just got to take it some kind of serious but they're not going to play real defense like yeah. they're just not um, and they should, I mean, Tyrese, you know, somebody asked me about this today about, you know, where Tyrese can make an impact there. I'm like, Tyrese shouldn't even get in a stance. Tyrese said, ham- got a hamstring bull. Like don't even, you know, don't even like, do not get yourself hurt getting down, trying to guard somebody, you know, don't even think about it. Um, so it, it's gotta be alley-oops and threes and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, there's, there's just gotta be a little bit more care, you know, doesn't have to be a lot, just has to be a little to make it not like, look like a complete joke. Um, so hopefully East West brings that back that there will be some kind of pride taken in, in your league. Um, and you know, that, that, that will add something, but I don't expect it to be too much. And again, I'd rather these guys be close and go win on an international stage, um, than just be really good on one night in February. Yeah. I, I personally like East first West better. I think when it was East first West, it was way more competitive than it was the whole drafting situation. I mean, I'm, Finally excited to see Dame on the east side of things because I think there you go. Mm-hmm. Dame, you know, always used to tear up half court logo yeah. shots, all that kind of stuff. So him 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 versus Curry rather than him and Curry, I think. Yeah. Uh, makes things a little bit better. I like that. I like I like those two showing off against each other. Thank you so much for doing this. Really, really appreciate it. Thank you for coming on the show. Everybody follow him on our social media at Dustin Dopirac, D-O-P-I-R-A-K. See you all next week.